Hey, this is Lauren Hargrove, co-pastor of Gravetop Church with the Revive Moms podcast. I hope this message makes a difference in your life and truly revives your soul. Enjoy. The title of our message today is called A Million Thoughts. A Million Thoughts. And so let me start off with a question. Do you sometimes feel like there is a beehive of thoughts in your head swarming around? Or is it just me? (laughs) Do you feel sometimes exhausted at times keeping up with all of the what ifs and worst case scenario thinking in your mind? Or maybe you're just constantly thinking about the next 10 things you gotta do before dinner or at work, before you have uh, have birth, give birth to a baby. The never ending to-do list that seems to be more and more intimidating as the days pass. Maybe you're constantly thinking about the past, where it all went wrong, the mistakes, the broken relationships, the regrets, the would have, should have, could haves. Or maybe you you can't stop thinking about the uncertainty of the future and you just keep playing out every kind of possible scenario of what could be that you begin to find yourself paralyzed in fear and uncertainty. Or maybe you have a million thoughts about motherhood, constantly wondering if you're doing it right, doing enough, are you nice enough, fun enough, chill enough, strict enough, or just are you messing up your kids, you know? Are my kids safe? How can I protect them from every little thing? Are they breathing? Did they eat enough? Am I disciplining them right? On and on and on. We all have a million thoughts. Well, actually, I looked it up. And did you know that statistically we have about 50,000 thoughts per day? And did you know that 70 to 80% of those are negative? I was actually kind of like surprised. Like I know like, yeah, dude, we like think so negatively sometimes. But when I saw that, I was like, dude, that's like a lot. You know, can you actually believe that? Like, why do we naturally gravitate towards negative thinking? You know, I can think of several reasons why, but we'll talk about that later. Today, I want us to really dive into our thought life and be empowered as we discover that we have more control over our thoughts than we think. God cares about what is going on inside our head. He cares about our peace and our joy. He cares about what we're thinking about. He doesn't want us to be consumed with the million thoughts going on in our head. He wants us to learn to be present and to allow his word to renew our thoughts, to believe his truth over the continuous opportunities to think negative. Your thoughts do not have to dictate your life and steal your peace. Instead, you can allow God's word to bring healing and truth to this area of your life. And You know, with all that being said, that sounds easier said than done. I've been telling myself that for the past year, you know, and so I'm not preaching to you today like, oh, you know, just girl, fix your thoughts. Just think positive. Like, no, that's not always easy. But what I'm trying to show you is that, first of all, you're not alone when you feel like sometimes you naturally gravitate towards negative thinking because 70 to 80 percent of our thoughts are negative. You know, you're not alone in these times where you feel a little bit stuck in your head thinking about all of these things. But I want you to know that God cares about that and he doesn't want 
these negative worst case scenario thoughts to steal your peace and steal you from the present time in your life. And so today we're going to talk about three things. And the first one is worst case scenario thinking. The second one is removing negative triggers. And the last one is renewing the mind. And so I know that I've talked about this kind of concept about our thoughts and stuff here and there before in our messages. And it's a, I feel like maybe all of us here have heard messages like this, like, oh, you know, our thoughts, keep them positive, change our thoughts. Like we've all kind of heard that and it all sounds great, right? I've heard it a million times, but I want you to really open up your heart and ears today to hear this message with a fresh perspective and a fresh open heart because what I'm sharing with you today is what God was really sharing with me this week. And again, I've heard this a million times in different ways, but I feel like each time God shares this kind of um, uh, stuff with me about our thinking and stuff, it really hits me in a new way, gives me more perspective and really helps me to think right, right? And so let's start on our first point and that's worst case scenario thinking. I'm going to actually start with a verse in 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 10. And Paul's talking and he says, we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province in Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought, huh? we thought we would never live through it. How many of y'all have been through stuff or going through something where you thought you would never live through it? Let's go back to the verse. It continues to say, in fact, we expected to die, but as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on only God who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. Dude, this verse is powerful. Of course, he's talking about like legit danger for his life when he's preaching the word of God in these countries and going before people who want to literally kill him and chop off his head, right? So yeah, it's not necessarily like us in our day-to-day -day motherhood, like, oh, I don't know if I can get through this, you know? But let's let it be about what we're going through. How many times have you thought you can't get through what you're going through? It's going to be the end of you. But he's saying he's been there. But it, what happened is that it taught him to stop relying on himself and to rely on God. And he had, through that, he gained so much confidence in God that he rescued him and will rescue him again. And so do you sometimes catch yourself imagining the worst case scenarios in your situation? Maybe you're at the playground with your kid and you hear him yell and you just imagine, oh no, he's probably falling and breaking his arm right now. You know, or you're driving and there's a ton of traffic and in the blink of an eye, you're imagining a 12 car pile up in this horrible wreck. I don't know if that's just me, but sometimes I do. I'm like, Lauren, snap out of it. You know, or maybe you and your husband have been bickering a little bit more about putting dishes in the dishwasher the right way or, you know, I don't know. And you just sit there and all of a sudden you're imagining your whole marriage falling apart. Maybe your kid is starting to act up, out, uh, act out a little bit and give you just a little bit of back talk and you just sit there on the couch and all of a sudden you imagine they end up dropping out of school, they end up living this life you never hoped for them to live and all of a sudden my child has gone off the deep end. Or maybe you feel like 
You can never lose the weight or get back in a healthy place you're trying to reach because your girl over here can't stop eating wings, you know? Worst case scenario, maybe you just keep seeing the bills keep getting bigger and your income doesn't seem to increase and you just imagine we're destined for poverty. I don't know what some of your worst case scenarios are right now that keep replaying in your head over and over, but I want you to know that imagining these things are simply not healthy for your thought life and your overall health. Have you noticed that when you begin to get in this cycle and feel stuck in these fears that you feel so much more tired, so much more irritable, you feel like you can't totally be present because your thoughts are sucking the life out of you. And I know exactly how that feels because when I get in those ruts, I literally feel the life being sucked out of me. But why is it that 70 to 80% of our thoughts are negative? You know, I personally have a few guesses of what has contributed to this. I'm not saying they're facts or statistics, but I have some guesses. I'm sure, first of all, it began in the Garden of Eden when Eve took the bite of that fruit. This fruit was supposed to give her the knowledge of good and evil. Did you hear that? Evil. It opened the door to our minds to see, experience, and think about the evil in this world, not just the good, the way that God intended us to. And that's a whole lesson in itself for another time, right? So think about that. What about the news, the constant access to the negative things going on in the world that has trained our minds to expect the worst and constantly see tragic events taking place? Am I saying not to look at the news and be aware? No. But it is so accessible. It is so in your face. And what does the news promote? Every single negative thing that you can think of. None of the positive things. We are constantly seeing these horrible scenarios played out every single day as we simply scroll on Facebook or wherever you scroll on. Maybe it's all the disappointments we've already experienced. Some of our past experiences have made us believe that the future holds the same. Disappointment disaster, tragedy, pain, and hurt. And so we begin to wear the sunglasses of our past and can only see things out of the lenses of the past. The truth is life is going to bring unfortunate events. I'm not trying to tell you to never expect some not so great circumstances, but what I'm trying to show you is that it's not healthy to constantly have a worst case scenario mindset because this mindset will steal your peace if you let it your future is not a huge worst case scenario scene getting ready to be played out in fact god actually has good plans for you in fact god is going to restore you heal you strengthen you give you renewed joy and peace and give you a life you want to live and enjoy but you gotta believe it you got to break out of this negative thinking and begin to imagine the best case scenarios instead. One second. So the best case scenarios instead. I'm going to share the three more verses, two verses as we end this point about worst case scenario thinking. 
But before I share those two verses, there's a really popular quote that I love, one of my favorite quotes, and it's by a man named Pastor Homer Hargrove. And he always says, don't assume a result without adding the power of God to it. Don't assume that your situation is going to end up in the worst possible uh, scenario, that this situation, your bills, your marriage, your kids, your life, your health is going to end up at the absolute worst possible scenario. Instead, look at your circumstances and add the power of God to it. Hey, we're barely making bills, but God is going to come through. I just got the goosies, right? My kid is giving me trouble, man. He's skipping school, just got a tattoo during his lunch break. I don't even know what to do, but God, you know, I didn't do that when I was in high school, but God is going to come through and change their life. You know, my kid is waking up all hours of the night and I'm exhausted. Am I ever going to get sleep again? But God is going to give me sleep. I don't know. Put the power of God to your situation instead of putting the negative forces of evil and disaster because that is what we so easily do. In 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10, it says, We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. I mean, can I get an amen? How many of you have thought things were going to wipe you out, but they didn't? You get knocked down, but you get up again. What song is that, right? 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10. And the last one, I share it many times. You've seen it on every coffee cup and every shirt. But listen to it, Jeremiah 29, 11. God is telling you, I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster, not for the worst case scenario that you are imagining in your head. My plans are to give you a future and a hope. But do you believe that? Do you believe the best case scenario over the worst? And that is what I'm encouraging you to begin to do. Let's go on to our second point, removing negative triggers. Let's preach this one right here. I'm going to start with Proverbs 4.23, and it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I mean, that sounds like a cute little verse, but no, think about it. It determines the whole entire course of your life, your heart. And it's God is saying, you guard your heart. He's not saying, okay, girl, I'm going to just like hold your heart like this. I mean, he holds us, he carries us, he protects us, but he's giving us ownership and responsibility over the things that we allow in our heart, in our mind, in our life, because it determines the course of our life. So let's talk about the things that trigger our negative thoughts. Are we doing the best that we can to protect our mind from the things that only feed fear, worry, and negativity? I know I don't always do a good job at that myself. Trust me. Trust me. But I have learned that it is important for my peace. And still to this day, I am still going through the process of healing from um, anxiety, if you will, that I really started dealing with this whole entire past year. And I have found myself in the recent, uh, recent couple of months in a much better place, but still daily working through um, these thoughts and anxieties and stuff. So definitely not just preaching as if I got it all together because I don't. But this is something that has spoken to me. 
not only our peace, but it is so important to protect the truth of God that is trying to grow in our hearts and minds. If we are ready to break out of this worst case scenario thinking, we have to be proactive in doing so. We have to rise up, get your armor on, and do some dirty work. We don't have time to allow the devil to run amok in our heads for another day. He has no authority there, and we have let him play with our thoughts for a little bit too long. So don't allow another day to go by without sitting down and thinking about the things that are not bringing truth, hope, love, and encouragement to your mind and your heart. So what is that for you? Do you need to unfollow all the news pages you follow or turn off the news notifications? I mean, that's something simple, but I have done that because I'm like, dude, I can't, I can't see all this right now. Do you need to reconsider some of your friends, some of those negative Nancys in your life? I'm not saying to just be like, hey, girl, I'm done with you because you're negative and I'm not. No, no. But sometimes we need to create a little bit of space between us and some of these friends because they aren't the most positive. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with the little uh, space for your own mental health. Do you need to switch up your music preferences? Maybe instead of listening to Slipknot, you put on some elevation worship. I don't know. I've never been in a flight on Slipknot, but if that's your thing, you know, maybe you need to get something a little bit more uplifting, like Hillsong, Elevation, I don't know, Jesus Culture, Lecrae if you want some Christian rap. You know, lift up your spirits. Maybe it's your show choices. Maybe instead of watching, I don't know, murder documentaries, maybe try putting on The Office or something funny and lighthearted, right? Maybe you need a break from social media so you can give yourself time to stop comparing yourself to others. Maybe it's substances or something more serious. Maybe you notice when you drink, you feel a little bit more depressed and prone to feeling negative or whatever other substances you have found yourself using to cope. Whatever it is, I encourage you to ask God, what are my negative triggers? Ask him to help you to be willing and courageous enough to remove them with his help and grace. It may not be an instant removal, or it may be, but know that he is with you every step of the way. He is patient and loving, and he wants to bring you to a place of healing, wholeness, and peace. In James 1, it says, So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. I'm not saying any of y'all have evil stuff in your lives. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Or that's not even what this verse is specifically saying unless you have like legit like voodoo dolls hanging in your closet like you probably want to throw that out but get rid of these things that even appear to be good but are actually evil for your heart and your life let me finish the verse so get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God the word of God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls the word of God has the power to save your souls. And God is just saying, get rid of all these things. And 1 Samuel 7, 3, it says, Then Samuel said to all the people of Israel, If you want to return to the Lord with all your hearts, get rid of the foreign gods and your images of Ashtoreth. I don't know. Turn your hearts to the Lord and obey him alone. Then he will rescue you from the Philistines. 
I thought this verse was interesting because it's saying if you want to just return to the Lord with all your heart, get rid of these things that are not God for you. These foreign gods that do nothing for you. They promise protection, safety, provision, peace, um, supernatural power, miracles. They promise all these things, these foreign gods, these fake gods, these things in your life that are saying, I'll give you peace. I'll distract you. I'll encourage you. But at the end of the day, they do nothing for you. What are those foreign gods in your life that do nothing for you? God is saying, come back to me with all your heart. I am the one who will fill your heart. His word has the power to save your souls. And so let's end on our last point, And that is renewing the mind, renewing the mind. Romans 12, 2, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I mean, that's powerful. God wants to transform you. And it says, by changing the way you think, he starts in your thoughts. That is how his Holy Spirit, his word changes you from the inside out to be the new creation that he's called you to be and to fulfill his purposes and his perfect plan for your life by renewing your thoughts, your mind, and changing the way you think. It is time for us to allow the word of God to truly renew our minds. The world, the devil, and our past experiences have done enough. They have taught us how to think and what to believe. But most of what we think and believe right now is not the truth of God, unfortunately. We have spent too many days and wasted too many thoughts believing things that will never, ever happen to us. And how do we do this? It's as simple as getting into the Word of God, reading it, meditating on it, memorizing scriptures, simply allowing yourself to believe the truth of God. There have been many times in my life where I wrote down some of my favorite scriptures as I would discover them by reading, by reading the Bible. I would put them on index cards, post-it notes, and put them in my car, on my restroom mirror, and all over. I would read them every day over and over until I believed it with every part of my being. And I'm not even sharing that because I was all like, oh, I'm so super Christian. No, because I, you know why I did that? I was literally so desperate to renew my mind in the word because what was in my mind was insecurity, doubt, fear, worry, all of these negative things in my past. So it wasn't because I was trying to be this cool, super hardcore Christian. It's because I was desperate to know the truth of God and not just like read it, but I would literally sit there before bed sometimes with my scripture index card and read these verses over and over and over to myself, all by myself, and just think about each word. And I would be like, okay, the love of God never fails. Whatever it was, you know, he will finish the good work he started in me. And I would just sit there and say that over and over and be like, okay, he will finish the good work he started in me over and over and over. And I remember when I first gave my life to Christ, I truly fell in love with his word. His word was like my medicine. It was like my nourishment and it was so fulfilling. And what's cool about it is that it says it's alive. The Bible, the scriptures in the Bible says 
that the word of God is alive and powerful. Like this isn't just some random book you want to read during your summer vacation that you got off Amazon. It's the living word of God. It's God's words to us. It's his everlasting promises. It's his heart. It's truth that sets us free. Don't underestimate his word and believe the lies about the Bible. The Bible's boring. It's hard to understand. Or, you know, I just don't have time for it, dude. The truth is, if you find the right version, you know, some... If you're into New King James or King James, cool, but like we don't talk like that. So just straight up find a version that you can understand, right? You know, find something that's easy to understand and cut out a little time each day. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you as you read and you will quickly begin to understand how easy it is to fall in love with the word too. It is literally the best book you could ever read. And I know that most of us are super busy moms or women doing whatever we're doing. I know it's hard to find time for anything, but I encourage you to replace the times that you scroll endlessly on TikTok or get sucked into YouTube videos about random conspiracies with reading the word of God instead. You can find your own little paper Bible if you want. You can download the YouVersion Bible app, which is like my super duper favorite and it's amazingly easy. Um, Or you can even start with a little daily devotional that encourages you in the word of God. Doing this allows the truth of God, the word of God to renew your mind. This is where the renewal of your mind truly begins. In the word of God. And you begin, it begins to bring you out of this place of worst case scenario thinking and to a place of best case scenario, God's promises are for me kind of thinking. You begin to believe the word of God. You know, um, not too, well, a couple years ago, I read the book, a book called Unqualified by Stephen Furtick, uh, one of my favorite pastors besides Pastor Homer, my ultimate favorite pastor. Um, and his book is called unqualified. He has many books and there's something he said in that book that has stuck with me ever since. And I've shared it before, but I want to share it with you. And I literally catch myself doing this. And he was talking about his thoughts during this one chapter and the negative thoughts and the doubts and feeling unqualified and all these worst case scenarios. And he said, he began to do this each time those thoughts came up. He said, I would tell myself, what if blank? So what if? I don't have money for whatever, right? Then what? So he would say, what if, then what, but God? So what if this happens? Then what? Well, I don't have a car. But God, blank. But God will provide transportation for me. But God will come through for me. But God, I don't even know, but God. And so he explains that this is what's helped him filter through some of his negative thoughts. So I encourage you, write it down if you have to, and use this the next time you need to filter out the thoughts that come your way. Tell yourself, okay, what if blank? What is this thought in my head? Well, what if, then what? Talk about it. Get it out in the open. Your worst fear, then what? I don't know, man. This would happen. And then, but God, and I feel like it lines up exactly with Pastor Homer. Um, his One of his quotes is, never assume a result without adding the power of God to it but God he always comes through and he is in the business of renewing our mind to believe that 
instead of this phrase ending on ending and what if then what you know but God and so I'm going to end our last point with three scriptures we're coming to an end here and Joshua 1 8 through 9 it says study this book of instruction continually meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do this is my command be strong and courageous don't be afraid or discouraged for the lord your god is with you wherever you go he's just saying dude like get in that word let it be what you meditate on day and night and then he says don't be afraid for i am with you wherever you go second corinthians 10 3 through 5 it says we are human but we don't wage war as humans do we use god's mighty weapons not worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing god we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey christ i mean this verse goes hard dude capture those rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey christ what are these thoughts going on and on in your head I encourage you just start catching them man. say you're rebellious get out of here and teach them hey you thought the fear of failure you know what no God says if I meditate on his word day and night only then will I prosper and succeed in all that I do you need to when the more that you know the word of God the more that you are literally able to teach these rebellious thoughts the truth like oh no God says you know, oh, what if I'm a failure and I never do anything else? Oh, God actually says rebellious thought that I, that he's going to finish the good work that he started in me. Thank you very much. Okay. So I'm going on tangents here, but you get my point. Last verse, Philippians 4, 8, it says, and now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Think about these things. And so today, ladies, we talked about a million thoughts. We talked about the worst case scenario thinking and how we have to pull ourselves out of this and begin to allow ourselves and teach ourselves to not get stuck in this and believe the best case scenarios. We talked about removing negative triggers. What are the things that trigger us to get in these places of negative, fearful, and worrisome thinking? Remove them. And lastly, we talked about the power of God's word and how it has the power to renew our mind and teach us the truth and promises that God has for us. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to connect with you. Follow Revive Moms on Instagram and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If Revive Moms has been life-giving to you, then we'd love to connect with you as a church family. To learn more about Gravetop Church, visit gravetop.com or follow us on social media at Gravetop Church. Thanks for listening.